Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like maintaining your own boundaries, avoiding abusive relationships, and when you just can't get the sex to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it get it to work for you. Yeah, I know. Please do. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not qualified to do this. No, we have no special certification or qualifi- qualifications. <laughs> Any of those occasions. <laughs> <laughs> qualifications. Uh, yeah, so um, we are not qualified. And actually, somebody online... With jokingly, like in our secret Facebook group that you mm-hmm. can join, um, so it's not so secret, I guess. Yeah, right, like, <laughs> you just have to ask to be part yeah. of it. Um, it said somebody was like uh, WWSNSD, like what would Sam and Sierra do mm. in their cute little post about us? And I wanted to, I wanted, I rarely comment as just break up in those mm-hmm. things, but I wanted to comment and be like, well, we would probably definitely fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I want to make sure our listeners know that like we are we do not make the right decision on the first time. No, that it's really not. easy for us to tell you what to do from our ivory tower, um, in in Spencer's studio for sure. <laughs> um, and that we have come to any amount of knowledge that we have by making copious amounts of mistakes. Absolutely, and reading Brene Brown. Reading Brene Brown. Yeah, that's right. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Got that. Um. So this is all to say we are not professionals. Please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings. So hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 76. 76. 76. That's crazy. (laughs) I know, isn't it? That's really close to 100. Yes. I mean, like 24 away. Do you want to celebrate 100? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Episode number 100? Yeah. With maybe like a, another live show, probably. Um, I really want to have a live show on our birthday this year. Okay, let's or do like it. for our birthday. I was thinking about going away for my birthday, but like that's fine. Mm, I hate that you call it <laughs> my birthday and not our birthday. Uh. <laughs> but we know that we have different attachment styles. <laughs> so our check-in topic today: what is it, Sam? Um, it's based off of a letter that came from Jordan Schulz, mm-hmm. who's writing from Portland. Um, And the question was basically about hygiene and uh, different approaches to hygiene. Like your partner's hygiene? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whether or not bad hygiene is a deal breaker. And if it's not, how do you have a conversation with your person that you're dating uh, about such a, like, really touchy matter? Yeah, a personal. It's personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you... Well, let's answer that in order, like... um, if it's a deal breaker and can you, how do you deal with it if it's not? But first, let's share any personal anecdotes or experience. Is, is it like, have, has it been a deal breaker for you in the past or is it a deal breaker for you? Um, I think it is 
not necessarily a deal breaker. I mean, it's hard to say like hygiene, right? <laughs> like, right. That's a very broad topic. And there, I think there's a very different big difference between like, oh, he doesn't wash his face every day and like, oh, he doesn't wipe his butt because he thinks that it's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you want to read about, is a thing. That's a real thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's, like, a Reddit thread that's all about these poor women whose, like, husbands and boyfriends refuse to wipe their ass because touching your butthole is gay. Yes. I, I can't. I, I, we need to talk to this so that people can see my facial reactions to half the shit you say. Right. Oh so that, God. like, for me, would be a deal breaker. <laughs> Yeah, I but mean, like, because, wa- like, hygiene wa- and maybe, like, a <laughs> sprinkle of homophobia. Yeah, right? But, like, not washing your face, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. If you want to wash your face face with bar soap, like, then your skin is going to be awful and, like, that's oh an God. issue for you. <laughs> but, like, Diva. is it a deal breaker? No. Also, I just want to say that my skincare routine has, like, is now, like, and in half hour a day. I'm not going to lie. I walked into the studio to see Sam and I said, oh, you're so attractive. It's because of my you're new skincare glowy. routine. You are a dewy bitch right now. Um, uh, I've been watching The the Good Place, mm-hmm. which is a great show if anybody hasn't seen it. Um, and But in The Good Place, which is like essentially heaven, mm-hmm. no spoilers, you can't swear. And yeah. so <laughs> um, uh, the main character is always, is, is always like... Um, son of a bench. <laughs> and so you're a dewy bench to me right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I, well, one, I think it's really hard to say what, what is and isn't a deal breaker. Like yeah. we are just too complicated. I think at this point in my life, I know that even if I set a rule, like, you know what? I am never going to date somebody who orders hot chocolate with skim milk, you know, or whatever weird <laughs> boundary I put up for my life. No, that's good. I feel like you should have boundaries around milk types. Well, I mean, if I'm going to drink milk, I want the fattiest, <laughs> exactly. I want the thickest <laughs> product you own. Um, give me some heavy whipping cream. Mm-hmm. Anyway, little tangent. <laughs> and also studies have shown that our bodies don't know what to do with skim milk. And so like it's actually worse for us than actual full fat milk. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Anyway, uh, this podcast. (laughs) Just so everyone knows, Sierra and I recorded the last episode before we went on break. And so this is the first time we're back in the studio. So we are all over the place. And we're just like really happy to see each other. We're happy to like record again. High energy. Yes, Uh, very much so. So anyway, for me, the whole skim milk hot chocolate thing was (laughs) I know that down the line I would fall in love with somebody who orders skim milk hot chocolate. For sure. Yep. Like. These lines that we set for ourselves, the universe constantly laughs at us absolutely, um, and throws us a curveball. I was like, I'm never going to date someone taller than me. And, and the man that I married is, is a six, giant. <laughs> He's a giant of a man. Yes. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. I said that, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, OK, so so it's really hard for me to say what is a deal breaker because. It, I think that we're just so malle- malleable as humans or like the phrase God laughs at plans. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's something I, we're, the territory that we're stepping into with hygiene is is the sticky territory of preferences yep. where people are like, mm, I just prefer when you get a Brazilian, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ooh, OK. Um, or. Or like racist people who are like, or transphobic people who are like, mm, I just like, I'm not transphobic, but I would never date a trans person. Right. Um, it's just my preference. Right. So like preferences, 
a little sticky area, but it's we all have preferences, mm-hmm. right? We all have um, things that we are attracted to or unattracted to. I think the important things for me when it comes to hygiene is that I have to remember that my body, my lived experience, and the way I relate to the world is 100% different than the, my partner. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, for example... I dated somebody once who who was taught as a child that in in the shower you um you cover yourself with soap um you then use a washcloth to wash off all the soap uh-huh and then you rinse the washcloth and you rinse your body one more time with that clean washcloth okay. right but I and which is not weird right <laughs> But it's I was like a very specific process. Exactly. It was. It was a very and I'm over here like a hippie, you know, like I was like, just throw the hose on me. I'll be fine. I'll air wash out in the fucking field or whatever. Uh-huh. And um and that's just like that was that person's relationship to their body and their cleanliness. Mm-hmm. And but but I so that would be my number one thought is that like I try not to prescribe my understanding of what I I want to be or need or do yep. to other people's, especially about hygiene, right? Yeah. No, I get that. But I will admit for me, it is hard. Well, then, so then going from that place of understanding into, are we talking about like not wiping your ass or, <laughs> right. or choosing um, uh, or your BO or not brushing your teeth mm-hmm. or, or, or things that can can f- have physical turnoffs to people, I right. guess, mm-hmm. whether they are um, like well-intentioned or not. Yep. And that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever dated anyone with bad breath? No, I have not. Have you? I have. Oh, how was yeah. that? It was interesting. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering right now only because like, I never thought I would. All of your exes that listen to this show are like, oh, shit, is she talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the answer is is yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm talking about you. Um, No, no, no. uh, This person just like, I don't know. They they were so commanding that I like didn't care. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Or like. I don't think it's weird. But I think that like that plays into exactly what you're talking about. Of like. Oh, it would like you can think about it in the hypothetical and be like, oh, it'd be horrible to date someone with bad breath. But then like when you're dating someone with bad breath, you're just sort of like, okay, but they make up for it in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like um, toxic behavior. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so is it a deal breaker for me? No, until it is. Yeah. Right. You know, like it's not a deal breaker that, you know, Willow goes to CrossFit and is a hippie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she uh, literally works in the Department of Climate Change. <laughs> so <laughs> right. she's on the crunchier side of life. Um, and she, we joke that she like smells bad after the gym, but that's not a deal breaker for me. That's her living her life and having a body in a way that yep. is different than mine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or like exists in, in, in her own world. But I'm not unattracted to that because I know it's, I'm not unattracted to her behavior. I'm not unattracted to her life choices. I'm not unattracted to even when she smells bad. It's like, well, that's just a body, you know, Um, and she smells good most of the time. But where it becomes a deal breaker is like when you are just not attracted to that person anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder where the line is between like preferences and 
and intolerance maybe like mm-hmm. not in not like capital i intolerance like injustice but like are you intolerant of the fact that your partner doesn't want to shower every day like you yeah or do you have the preference like are you literally unattracted to somebody who doesn't bathe every day what's the difference i mean i think that's up to the individual person to decide. And like, if you don't want to date someone that doesn't shower every day, that's fine. But then like, also understand that you are eliminating people mm-hmm. that have amazing qualities and are really great people because of that thing. Oh my God. Life like, lesson of the decade for me is, is that my way of doing things is not the right way of doing things. Oh my God. Yes. Right? Nobody, right. <laughs> Nobody's way is the right way. No, it, they're just Other ways than, of like, doing I things. I don't know. Murderers. Yeah. Like don't know. murder people, but. That is a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so, okay, so we talked about whether it's a deal breaker or not, and yeah. we can, we're like, eh, is our answer. Uh-huh. Obviously professionals, knowledgeable, <laughs> with great answers. Super clear. Yeah, yeah, super clear, except for our answer is the shrug emoji. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I do love the second part of this question because it's such an important skill. Yeah. Is to how to, how to bring critique to someone kindly mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with empathy. Um, and And my first thing would be question your desire to do it yeah because are you it's not wrong to have these feelings um but just just question the necessity to voice them are you trying to control someone change someone for the betterment of you or the betterment of them Mm -hmm. you know just question your motives i guess yeah for Um, sure like uh, there's a really great academic article called The Problem with Speaking for Others by Linda Alkov. And I use it a lot when I teach poetry, when you like write about a topic that isn't personal to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole um, article is it it weighs the basically the pros and cons or um, the context of people speaking for communities that they don't represent and yep. how like, whatever, I'm getting way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> But the number one thing she said, she gets she there's like four walk like walkaways mm-hmm. or takeaways. Yep. Um, and the number one thing is is question your desire to speak at all. Like <laughs> question why are you speaking? You know. For sure. Anyway, that was a little off topic, but I just wanted to prove that I did graduate college. <laughs> English Thank major. Thank you. Yes. Point proven. Proven. Yeah. Not that not that you have to. Not that that was what I wanted to prove, but just that like that was why I spent all that money so yeah, I can right. cite that one article on a fucking podcast. There you go. Anyway, Job well done. Thank you. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and I think that there, there's a really big difference between like between asking your partner to do things to for to like meet your needs and asking your partner to do things because you want them to change their behavior because it's not the behavior that you like or that you prefer. Um, and when we get into that, that arena of you trying to change your partner's behavior just because you want them to change it, like that is when we get into unhealthy things that involve like codependency and, and like manipulation. And so my, I think that's absolutely right to question like, why am I doing this? Right. But I also think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with complimenting your partner when they smell good mm-hmm. or being like when they get out of the shower being like, oh, my God, I love like I love cuddling with you when you're like fresh and clean. Right. Yeah. Like things that will like like that are affirmations of the things that you like about them and that are affirmations of like the behavior that you yeah. are hoping for. Right. Yeah. But like I think that it we all have to make 
accommodations for our partners and the fact that they live life differently. Yeah. Says the man who found out that his husband <laughs> cuts his toenails with scissors <laughs> and immediately threw out all of the scissors in this house and bought him toenail clippers. <laughs> oh, you petty bench. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. everyone is unified, like universally horrified that he cuts his toenails with it. I'm like, <laughs> he well, does it just to spite me now. Just Oh, that's fine. No, and I'm like, I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I think that I my my current version of that is Willow has some sports bras that she should not own anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that that like I'm this is I'm not a I'm not uh I'm not tiptoeing around this. Like they, they're a tonic. Like they, I can, I don't let them be in the drawer next to other things because they smell so bad, but she just really, she's very frugal and she likes the way they fit. Uh And she's like, well, I smell bad when I wear them anyway. And I was like, but they smell like a rat who died in the fucking sewer 20 years ago. Uh (laughs) Sorry, honey. I love you. (laughs) Anyway. um, Okay. That's a really great point though about, affirmation based first like comment on what you like first instead of what you dislike yep but also let's like role play you know if if push came to shove and there was something that you really felt like you know maybe your partner is depressed and they're not taking care of themselves mm-hmm. and um they are well that's hard too because you don't want to like shame them for like ugh, it's just so sticky what is an example that like we could be like, yep, you you can say something to your partner about that. If they have like a bat in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then I would be like, what's so funny? Honey, you got a bat in the cave. You better get rid what's of that. Son- what's so funny is I didn't grow up with that phrase. <laughs> so I know what it is now. But when you said that, I immediately thought there was a bat in the house. <laughs> like, so there's a bat in the house. Okay, is that a hygiene thing? <laughs> Okay, what if they what if they pick their nose and eat their boogers? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> That's you can't really have hard. that reaction, Sierra. No, no, I know. I I'm like covering my eyes right now because I have like a stress headache just from that because my brain exploded. Because here's the thing. I I think my reaction would not be empathetic. I'd be like, what are you doing? No, mine would not either. Right. But like we always talk about like everybody's on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, that is not my reality. doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh-huh. And that's true. You know what? That's true. But I, I true. this is me being transparent on the podcast. I truly don't know how I would handle that because, <laughs> I mean, I'd probably just, like, ghost them and pack up and move to a different city. Like, sure. that's how mortifyingly embarrassing that is to me. Yeah. But also, like, here's the thing. Like, stuff like that in the moment is gross and then you sort of just get used to it so you're just saying like you would get used to it are you Probably. talking about the scissors and the toenails <laughs> yeah. yeah where it's like i think i think what i'm trying to say is that like being around another person that you love for multiple reasons for an extended period of time i feel like you do make concessions you're right you start to just be like well that's just the way that that he is and like i would so much rather have all of the wonderful things in my life and just stop trying to fight this battle about you picking your nose and eating your boogers but i think like the person who wrote in has a legitimate question of like okay here's a here's like a lesser vilifying um example what if they shower less regularly than you do Mm -hmm. okay and it's to the point where it's affecting your desire to have sex with them where like they smell bad and so like you don't want to be close to them Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a 
reasonable yeah. time to say, Ugh, but how do you say it in a way that's not hurtful? I mean, I think you can be affirmation based, right? So like when they're at, and get also out of the like shower, comical. Like, Bodies are funny and gross. That's yes. the, that's the other thing yep. that like, I think we're missing. It, for sure. It's fucking f- I laugh about how gross my girlfriend can smell, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's funny and I make fun of her for it. Like we tease each other about it. Yeah, and yes, I make fun of Peter for things like that and he makes <laughs> fun of me too, right? Like when I wake up and my hair is like ridiculous, he will like make fun of it because we have developed a level of trust where we can do that. Right. And, but also because like both of us have similar hygiene habits. Right. I know it's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. This is a great question. But I also think like if you get to a point where the person that you are dating is, is, has hygiene that is so different than yours, then it makes you like unable to like find them attractive. I don't think it's necessarily a horrible thing. For that to be the deal breaker for you. I don't, I don't think so either. And, like you and, go over to their apartment and it's like moldy pizza right. everywhere. And like, I think it's fine to be like, I can't. We're not compatible. And like you know our, why our I lifestyles and our understanding of the way that we want to move through the world is so different that we can't. Yeah. You know why I believe in that the most is yeah. because so many of our letters I read and so much of my life, my relationship history has been trying to make it work. That exact <laughs> phrase uh-huh. of trying to make it work when it's not. Right. Or right. not working. Yep. And so like if you're not if there is an incompatibility that irks you enough to be disinterested in that person and not be interested in navigating around it in a empathetic, helpful, yep. affirmation based way, then that person's not meant for you. And that's OK. They're meant for someone else. For sure. Who also is moldy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. There's no, nothing but wrong like, with I that. think I think what we're yeah, like what we've been talking about is like you and I both have things about our partners that we're like, Ugh. This is like not, this is not how I would do this, mm-hmm. but we have both chosen to be with them because of all of the other things that like, that make them worth right. being with or like make them want or make us want to be with them. And so we can like look past some of the things that, and the same way that they do it for us too. Right. Like I'm an annoying in a lot of other ways. Mm-hmm. I may be very clean. Um, I, the, I guess I, the last thing I want to say is I want to leave people with like a script, mm-hmm. you know, and to say, um, you can always say, um, I have something that I want to share with you. I really love and respect you, but this has been a barrier in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any less of you. Um, but I was wondering if we could work on this together. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's perfect. I don't know if that applies to all situations. I just know it helps to hear words that you can mimic. Yeah. Right? All right. Let's get into our fucking advice. <clears throat> All right. I wonder how many times I've said the F word on this show. Probably a lot. Yeah. Especially because it's like the performer side of me who swears more than the non-performer side of me. Yeah, I swear way more on the show than I do in real life. I agree, but I also have a bad mouth. <laughs> I just, I, I want to be like, yeah, I swear more. And then I'm like at home. Fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Anyway. All right. Our first letter comes from Miranda Anonymous, who is writing from Washington, D.C. Hi, Sierra and Sam. You two have spoken a lot about the infamous white whale that we all seem to have come through our lives at some point. Well, not only do I have one, but she is actively still swimming around. 
We met a few months ago at my best friend's wedding. She was the photographer. I was in the wedding party. And let's just say there was an instant connection. Neither of us really knew the rest of the wedding party well, so we initially stuck together just as oddballs. To be very clear, I had other motives because she was gorgeous and interesting and I needed to know more. Time out. Have you ever met or hooked up with somebody at a wedding? No. Are you bummed about that? Yes. Uh, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, but I'm not bummed about it because um, one night stands stress me out. Oh, yeah. No, me too. Ugh. But like, I also, I just feel like it's a rite of passage to, to yeah. hook up with someone at but a wedding. I think I stopped you because <clears throat> I wanted to highlight the, in the middle of the letter, <laughs> I wanted to highlight the facade of romance that weddings bring. Oh my God. So much facade. I know. Because, like, everyone's, like, happy and lovely. Love, and they're all dressed up and and drunk and dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard, like, a good story of someone, like, hooking (laughs) up, like, after a wedding. (laughs) We were attached the entire night of the rehearsal dinner, all day of the wedding, and even the day after. There was an undeniable chemistry. Even my best friend, during her wedding weekend, could tell and made comments about how good we were together. By the end of the wedding reception, I admitted my feelings for her, and she reciprocated. The problem? She's married. Mm. We're both queer cis women, but she came into her sexuality only after she married her husband. Although he is incredibly supportive and understanding of her and her journey, they remain in a monogamous relationship. Although I can totally respect that, it absolutely sucks when you have such incredible chemistry with someone who actively admits their feelings for you. Sure does. I went back to D.C. and she went back to her husband. We still text every week and sometimes it gets too close to my boundaries. She's my white whale and I never understood this concept until I met her. Although the feasibility of a relationship with her would be incredibly hard to work out even if she left her husband and if they began an open marriage, I still can't quit thinking about all of the what ifs with her. I've told her I need to set emotional boundaries with her because I can't allow myself to get invested with someone who will only let me down. She said she understands and can respect that, but then she'll text me stuff about how beautiful and special I am and how I deserve someone great and how she can't imagine me single for too long. Like, yeah, I don't want to be single. I want to be with you. We'll go a week or two perfectly respecting boundaries and out of nowhere, she'll text me about the most emotionally insecure things you can, you only talk about with your most trusted person. Although I don't think this is a block, block, block situation, I don't fully know how to approach this. I actively remind her each time she crosses my boundary that, one, she's crossing my boundaries. Mm. Two, she's making me fall back into a place where I think something could happen. And three, giving me this false sense of hope. I would love to be with her in whatever way she can manage. But what I can't do is be continually jerked back and forth in and out of the friend zone with her. I know this is a loaded question, but how do you handle a white whale that just won't let you get away? Mm. That's a great question. Yeah, thank you, Miranda. This was a fantastic question. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Samuel, do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, let's just start by saying that white whales fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, they do. They're like, oh, aren't I perfect? Mm-hmm. Aren't I so fucking compatible, even though everything about me is incompatible yeah. for you and your life and your well-being? <laughs> Oh, imagine how good it would be if we could finally get to be- together after all of these hurdles that are standing in our way. The Let hurdles be- which only I have control over that yep, you have no control over. <laughs> yeah, right? Let me be so emotionally vulnerable so you feel like you're under a false sense of intimacy, mm-hmm. um, but only on my terms and only when I want to. But yeah. guess what, Miranda? 
her vulnerability does not equal compatibility and true compatibility is how you make a relationship. Yeah, This right? vulnerability, it's... Sam and I are vulnerable with the just break up people and that doesn't mean we're compatible to date you all. No. As much as you all would love that. <laughs> Seriously, stop asking me out. <laughs> just kidding. No one has ever done that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um. Anyway, yeah. White whales suck. They do. And they and they exist only to tempt us. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly. But like let's also remember like how that story ends with the white whale, which is that the ship goes down and everyone dies. <laughs> I've never read that book. I don't know if that's actually the ending, but I'm imagining that it is. <laughs> um that's Or funny. you are like driven mad by the desire for this thing that you can never catch. Right. Exactly. Which is like both not great. Right. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I think, too, that it's important to think about, like, why we love movies. Mm-hmm. We love escapism. And, like, desiring something that we can't have is, like, our heart's number way, one way to, like, escape the present reality, which is that we are alone or sure. that we cannot have this person or whatever. Yep. Uh, we love to grind ourselves against things um, because it's it's honestly it's. Easier than sitting in discomfort. It is. And it's, it is actually not vulnerability. Like it might feel like vulnerability to be in these conversations with this person, but like grinding yourself up against this reality that you can never actually have them, but trying to imagine all the ways that you could at some point Mm. is not actually being vulnerable, right? Like Brene Brown talks about in her book that I have now finished. (laughs) (laughs) Proud of you. Thank you. A year later. <laughs> but like foreboding joy is like one of the the like armor pieces that we put on ourselves, which is like not being in the moment to experience joy and instead imagining like all of the ways that things could go wrong. And I feel like there's like an inverse of it totally. too, of being like, instead of acknowledging the reality, existing in the what if to protect ourselves from the the vulnerability of being like, oh, this person, I can never have them. Oh, my God. Right? Like, that is the vulnerable thing to do, to be like, this person's in a relationship. They are not good for me. They are... And let me tell you, that that feeling that you're talking about, it's a drug. It's a high. Oh, my God, yes. Because you're like, let me just get to the point where she sneaks out of her house and talks to me one more time. Or Uh like, let me get to the point, you know, like, maybe I can get her to have like a secret visit. Or or -hmm. maybe I get her to admit that she's unhappy with her husband. She's still fucking married in another city. Yep. Um, And it's just, it's it's amazing what our hearts will do um, to avoid... To, to seek what seek that desire or to seek that yeah. love um, instead of recognizing all of the red flags or these are like these are like pink flags. Yeah. I mean, this person's not a bad person and you're compatible. You're not your compatibility. You're not compatible. Period. Yep. She's married. Period. Um, however, you are your your connection, your or maybe not even connection. Right. Because mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but. Your what is it? What what's the word I'm looking for? Like your get alongness. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> your get along ability. Yeah, That's perfect. real, uh-huh. right? Yep. But your attraction to each other. That's yeah. real. But this is not a fertile ground for your heart to like walk on, Mm-mm. right? Yep. This is this is a booby trapped desert. Of destruction. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. let me tell you how this ends. She does this for another year and she never leaves her husband. 
accurate. <laughs> Maybe not even a year. This could go on for. And let me tell you why. <laughs> Miranda, let me tell you why I predict that is because she will never leave her husband if you don't show her that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. She will never leave her husband if you don't set up the boundary, a boundary that you must hope, hope uphold, not her. Mm-hmm. In, until you say, I can't talk to you like this because you are in a relationship, she will stay in that relationship until you demand otherwise. Yeah. Until you show her that you're you're serious. You don't want this skim milk of a fucking relationship. <laughs> mm, throwback. <laughs> throwback. Uh, yeah, but like even beyond that, like you don't deserve to be in a half-assed relationship with right. a person who seems really great, but also, you know, you've never seen her have bad breath in the morning. Right. Or shit her pants. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so like it's really easy to build up someone who who you have only had this one perfect weekend with and who always seems to say the right thing and like scratch that itch of being like, I'm going to text you even though, and I'm going to text you how beautiful you are, even though I shouldn't, because like, you're just oh that God. beautiful and that I like, love for you is even like, though, <laughs> which you are like, that's not <laughs> no, what you are. Saying. Like, she, like everyone should be texting you how beautiful you are because yeah. you're a beautiful person. Yeah. But like, it's just like this narrative that that has been created that isn't real and that is preventing you from actually being vulnerable with yourself and with people who are going to be in the arena Available. with you mm-hmm. to demonstrate their vulnerability yeah. to. Right. Like you are being vulnerable here and she is not because she's in a relationship. Yeah. She is she is using this as a way to deal with whatever she's going through well, no, and i don't I was, want to vilify her like no she i'm, I'm not going to vilify her no. but i'm going to say two hard truths yeah one she doesn't respect your boundaries because yep. respect is shown in action not in words mm-hmm. it's really easy to say i respect you it's a lot more of it takes a lot more action and dedication to show me that right, right. Yep. there's the beautiful quote there is no love only proofs of love right. where's the there's no respect only proofs of respect where's mm-hmm. the proof of her respect for you and the second hard thing i'm going to say is um. Oh, I remember. <laughs> okay, I was like, "What is it?" I'm, I'm like sitting here with like bated breath. I have breath. notes written, and I'm like, "I've said all these." Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> um, the second thing I'm going to say is, um, she's on her journey, right? Her understanding her sexuality, understanding her relationship, her yep. boundaries. All she's sure. on her journey that I respect. That I that probably looks a lot like mine. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't think that she's a bad person at all. Mm-hmm. However, I too have been guilty of using people that I couldn't that I could use as lifeboats yep. to roll me away from my problem for a while. Right. Right. Yep. She's not taking you to a different island. Mm-hmm. She's she's texting you these vulnerable things because she because she doesn't want to open up to her husband. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to deal with her potentially unhappy marriage or unsatisfying marriage. Um, Or maybe she's happy in her marriage and she just wants an outlet to talk to somebody else. But again, she's telling you that she'll respect your boundaries, but there's no respect there. Yep. Um, If you're telling, but, but Mm -hmm. I also, I'm not totally convinced Miranda that you are upholding your boundaries to a way that respects yourself. Exactly. And I think that's the, when we get down to it, right? Like whatever is going on with her, doesn't really matter here. Yeah. What matters is you. I'm sure she is an A-plus person who you have a right to lust after. For sure. And, like, feel like you had a connection, right? Right. Like, Isn't that th- a bummer? Like, yeah. Have you, has that ever happened to you? Oh, all the time, yes. Oh, my God. This is how this <laughs> like, happened. I is feel that, like, like it still happens ugh. and I'm married. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. That's the realest thing is, like, is like they're, they're there to, like, 
these white whales are there to tempt us mm-hmm. to 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 overstep our own boundaries. That that's what they've been mm-hmm. for me, really. Yeah, for sure. Is that they come into my life, they're so perfect and fleeting, and then it's like and then I'm left to fantasize about all the ways that my own present life is not good enough. Right. And I have to I have to tell myself not to take the bait mm-hmm. and be like, my life is good, the people around me are good, I am good. Yep. Um I'm not missing out on anything. For sure. And I think that, yeah, exactly. That's at the end of the day, what needs to happen, right? Is that she is not in charge of of keeping your boundaries for you, right? You are. You are. And whatever her actions, whatever her motivations for those actions don't really matter because she's overstepping them. And it's up to you to say, not even say, it is up to you to act Yep. and keep those boundaries intact. Right? No, there are no boundaries, only proofs of boundaries. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> As the Rumi says. Yeah, whoever. No, Rumi didn't say that, but it's like Pierre something, something, something that I don't remember. Cool. Yeah, French. Yeah. See, we cite it. I just, we cite that it exists. <laughs> um. But yeah, Somewhere. so it is It is up to you, Miranda, to be the one that maintains those boundaries. You can't continue to tell the person, like, you have to respect my boundaries and then let that person continue to disrespect your boundaries, right? right? That's not That's not how it works. And so it's in not her job to do it. What would it look like for Miranda to enforce her boundaries? Yeah, so you say this is not a block, block, block situation. But Sam would argue that every situation <laughs> is a block, block, block. But I think that it is in this in this instance, because uh, because mm-hmm. Sierra, no, no, stop no. giving me that face. I'm not. I, I, I inhaled. I said I inhaled. Because she has repeatedly overstepped your boundaries, and you have repeatedly shown that you are you are having difficulty maintaining those boundaries when she does it right. And so the The question is, is like, what is this person bringing into your life that is actually serving you and serving the goals that you have for yourself, which is like nothing because all she's doing is overstepping your boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And are you equipped to be able to maintain healthy boundaries with this person unless you like put some very firm ones up? Mm -hmm. And it seems like the ones that you've put up aren't firm enough. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the firmest, the firmest is blocking this person, yeah. right? Like you don't owe anything to her. You have this amazing special connection and it sucks that like she's married and that it's not going to happen. Like I can like, yeah, that really it's not going to happen like this. Right. Period. And, and so like, what is this? What what is this serving you? Like right. how in what way is this serving you? Right. Besides making you feel like shit all the time and giving you glimpses of something that you can find elsewhere right. that you can put time and effort into finding with someone who is able to show up for you consistently right. and in the way that you want them to. Right. Like how much time and energy and love are you wasting on this person who continues to overstep your boundaries and not give you what you need, and, what is going to nourish you? And to that point, Miranda, the my the most painful part of your letter to me, which was, by the way, very relatable. Oh, for sure. Um, I was, that's why we picked it, because I was like, <laughs> God, have I been near her? <laughs> Um, is what you said. You said, quote, of course, I want to be with her in whatever way she can manage. Mm. That was like, that was like coughing up your own self-respect and stomping on it. <laughs> like you were like, just take my heart woman in, in DC with a husband <clears throat> and do with it whatever you will at your own leisure. Like, as long as I can be the upon the sole yeah. of your foot. Yeah, yeah. You were like, you were like, I'm gonna UPS you my heart. And she'll like put it in the closet and she'll like 
you know, maybe bring it out once in a while, mm-hmm. like dust it off. You know, no, she'll put it in her closet, and then three years later, when she moves, she'll be like, "Why do I still have this?" And then she will <laughs> move it to the new apartment and put it in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what whatever her terms look like. Uh-huh. <laughs> like joking, obviously, but you know, you should. Yet again, love is not a form of self-sacrifice. Right. Right. To be lovable is not to to be self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. To be lovable is to be kind and joyful and worthy of love and respect in return. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's reciprocatable, reciprocable, Recipro- <laughs> reciprocable. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah, hard one. Yes, yeah, I had trouble too. <laughs> you know. Um, so I, it that that one sentence stood out to me, Miranda. It it hurt me for you mm-hmm. that you wouldn't say. Um, I know I deserve better. Yep. I know I deserve someone who is present and who wants to be with me mm-hmm. and who is willing to put actions behind those desires to be with me and make me happy because that's what I deserve. Right. That's what I want to hear from you. Yes. And not even wants to be with me, chooses to be with me. Yes. Because, because there's a difference. It doesn't fucking matter what <laughs> Does... you want. <laughs> no. Her motivations, <laughs> what she wants doesn't matter. What matters, again, is the proof. Right. right? And what proof is she giving you? Overstepping your boundaries tantalizing you with the with these false promises of a relationship or or saying saying weirdly guilt trippy things like <laughs> you're gonna be not single in so it's like so fast like you're so you're so dateable okay then let date me, me go date someone <laughs> yeah, right or yeah. yeah exactly um anyway i she i'm I'm using like a archetype voice for this person, but I'm sure she's very wonderful and you have every reason to be attracted to her. But this is why we call it head and heart work, because you have to convince your heart that this is not a safe place for it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, that's that's the last thing I wanted to say, Miranda, (laughs) is like, this sucks. No, it does. And Sam and I are laughing at our own jokes because we are narcissists. Because we think we're (laughs) really funny. Just kidding, we're podcast hosts. Um, (laughs) Well, we're also Geminis, so... (laughs) Um, but we're also laughing like real talk. I'm laughing because I have been there Mm -hmm. and now I can look back and be like, oh my God. Or I can say this like literally in the years past, I've texted Sam and been like, oh my God, I heard from this person, insert white whales name, like, oh, like what Uh am I going to do? And Sam like bigs me up and tells me like what I'm, what what boundaries I'm going to uphold or whatever. And soon you're going to be able to like laugh sarcastically to this and or or painfully you know um it's it's a terrible experience to feel something like this but what we hope is that you we shake you a little out Mm -hmm. of like the love spell and and help you like wipe away those cobwebs and say like no 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 i deserve better Yep. I deserve better than this. Absolutely. And you're strong enough to enforce your boundaries. You are, for sure. So many of us feel like we aren't, but really it just takes small, mindful, intentional actions towards those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like going to their profile and then just clicking <laughs> block. <laughs> All right, Miranda. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. We love you. 
Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoiding person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter is from Anonymous L who is writing to us from good old Tennessee. A few months ago, I got out of a relationship with my then fiance. We'd been together for three years, and after he dumped me for the still married woman he was cheating on me with for months. I began to reevaluate the whole relationship. Looking back, he was incredibly toxic in every form of the word. He was physically, verbally, and emotionally abusive. 
isolating, belittling, and had fun seeing how distraught and upset he could make me. Since we've broken up, people have come forward about him, trying to hook up with them the whole time we were together. And finally, he finished our whole relationship with a text telling me we were done and that if I told anyone the truth about why we broke up, he would tell my whole family I lived with him in secret for the last two years of my undergrad and ruined my life. Honestly, I can't even describe the shit that he's putting me through, that he put me through the whole time. From changing my whole wardrobe so he could approve of what I wore, to always getting my hair done, my acrylic nails on, and wearing high heels every day. I completely lost myself while trying to please him and make him happy, while ignoring the fact that I was so unhappy myself because I thought it would make me a selfish girlfriend. I had so much support and love from those around me. And despite the massive mess this whole thing is, guys, I really wish you could hear the whole full thing because you would be shocked. My counselor said I should make a movie of it. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in such a better place now. I'm getting back in shape and coming into uh, coming to realize the parts of me that were really insecure and lacking and fearful of him. And are, I am working to overcome them. The question I have is... Related to the words of wisdom I received to, uh, from my close friends through this whole process, most of them shared that they too were in at one time an abusive relationship and that it's really not that rare, as shitty as a fact as that may be. My question is, what words of advice would you ha- have to help of people avoid getting into a- another abusive situation in the future? People who abuse people are always so manipulative and good at playing innocent and gaslighting you. I'm nervous that whenever I get into another relationship, I might miss the signs or bad behaviors while telling myself that no one is perfect and everyone has bad days. Though the other side of the coin is that I might read too far into little things and end up jeopardizing what can really be a good thing. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this and to help people out there through the hard times in their lives. It's really good to know that someone is out there that cares and has our best intents in mind. I so enjoy your podcast and the lovely balance of serious with the humor. It brings light into what is such a hard thing to discuss sometimes. Smiley face. Oh, thank you so much. Anonymous L. You want to call her L? L. Yeah. L. Cool. This is a great letter. It is. Um, yeah. So you and I have both been in abusive situations or mm-hmm. relationships. Yep. Um, and I have had the great pleasure of doing it more than once. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, before I jump into this letter that I love, um, I, I want to say really quickly that I think it's important for us to note. I mean, in this situation, Elle's, in Elle's situation, it's very apparent that this person was a abusive, unhealthy, toxic person. Mm-hmm. Like he was a victimizer Yada, yada. Yep. Um, but as we talk about this topic, it, it is important for me to acknowledge that we all have the capacity to be toxic yep. to our partners. Um, we all have the p- possibility to um, to emulate abuse, whether it was taught to us or if we're unhealthy or we're suffering, whatever. And while I want to, like, kick this guy in the nuts, <laughs> I don't want to villainize all abusers. Yep. Um because and and the I'll, this is why I wanted to say this prefaces with this I think that in the same way that our country is slowly coming to understand that gender is much more of a spectrum than it is a binary mm-hmm. I think a, 
I think abuse is much more of a spectrum or an undulating thing that contains a lot of experiences. Yep. The same way trauma does, right? We mm-hmm. have like little T trauma, capital T trauma, or even just the idea that one thing can be traumatizing to someone where the other one it's not. Right. And in abuse, I feel like the more that we try to categorize abuse as one specific thing or one gradient or like one extreme you know, in extremes. Yep. There's always the there's the victim and then there's the perpetrator. Right. And like those are clearly cast right. and like clearly defined things. Right. And the more we start to say like, well, victim, you know, emotional and physical abuse look like this right. and not this, um, we tend to deny ourselves the opportunity to fully heal, forgive, learn mm-hmm. and avoid in the future, you know. Um, like it's almost like that there is passive abuse and aggressive abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Forward, you know, you know, external, internal, um, passive abuse would be like neglecting to engage, um, neglecting to engage in the relationship when there's, when there's a problem, like, like if I'm like, Hey, why did you stay out all night, all night? Or why do you drink to excess? And they don't answer, and they just don't give you any answers. That that's a form of neglect. Like they're not they're not like showing up to do their part, right? Sure. And I wouldn't call that capital A abusive. But when we, I just want to like maybe expand the idea of what a, abuse could entail, mm-hmm. and also recognize mm-hmm. that we're all capable of being that person. Yep. Um. Just like we are all capable of learning to be better. Yeah. Um, does that all make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, I think it's, I think what you're saying is that like hard and fast categories don't serve anyone. Right. Right. Like they, they, they limit all of us. Right. And so when we talk about abuse being this and looking like this and being this type of person that does it. Right. We, we forget the fact that there are multiple different shades of gray right. in the way in which unhealthy toxic relationships show up for people. Right. And I think I think that's absolutely right and I also would say like I don't want part of this question gives me pause because I don't want to say here are the five things that right. you do to avoid abusive behavior and if you wind up in an abusive relationship it's your fault because you didn't do these five things. Right. Exactly. Right? Like I absolutely do not want yeah. to do that. Um, that's smart. because I I you can do everything exactly right and still wind up in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship, right? Like 100%. it is all of us are capable of finding ourselves in relationships that are bad for us. And, and I, and so I want to say like, here, I want to talk about things that can help equip you to like identify like bad behaviors yeah. and like find ways to, to value and love yourself enough to not like let people take advantage of you. But I also want to say that like, it is not, there is no list of things that you have to do in order to avoid abusive relationships. And being in an abusive relationship doesn't mean that you did things wrong to get there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just have been thinking a lot about, I don't want people, again, we talked about villainizing the DC woman. Like, I don't think she's a villain at all. I don't Mm -hmm. think she's a bad person. She's just like going through life. Like we all do. Yep. Um, The, the in Elle's letter, it's very cut and dry for me, even <laughs> yeah. though I'm telling people that it's like it's uh-huh. not, you know, but I'm sure like you and I could say that in our abusive relationships, we part we 
we were not our best selves, right? No. And I have never been my best self, right? I'm just trying. <laughs> right. You know, literally, I've never been um, because that version of me doesn't exist. For sure. And I can think I can think about the person that I was in that relationship with and also be like, I can, the, the behavior was unacceptable. Right. But I can understand like I can understand the motivations behind it. Like I can right. understand the ways in which he was hurting and took that pain out yeah. in ways that were unhealthy and unacceptable. Like absolutely not excusing the things that he did to me, right. but also saying like, but I can also understand that he was a person who was hurting, who, who took that out on me. And I yeah. can offer him compassion and forgiveness and empathy for the things that he was going through while also saying, fuck you for taking it out yes, on me. <laughs> I agree. And then the last thing I'll say before we get to your letter L is... I want, I think why I started with this whole thing to begin with, in addition to like create a broader understanding of what abuse and toxic behaviors can be. Also that like, if we list things that you did once, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That means you emulated behaviors that in some point, in some relationships are unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. And might've been, even if they were unhealthy or toxic in your past relationship or current relationship, we all have opportunities to try harder, not even to try harder. Like, I don't even want to put it in, in like, like a athletic competitive way no, to do things differently, to show up, to do things differently. Right. We, yep. Every day we have an opportunity to do things differently. And I was inspired by it was another post in one of our in our Facebook group about mm-hmm. reflecting on uh, the way we talk about abusers and how sometimes the the things we talk about, people have done, yep. you know, and they're like, well, that was me. For sure. You know, um, and the, I I feel kind of bad, like, prefacing this letter with this because I feel like Anonymous L's letter, this person was obviously a very sick, hurting person. For you know, sure. like, yep. I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to humanize him enough to say, like, he's sick and hurting and yep. people who are sick and hurting deserve help. For sure. And it also doesn't mean that his behavior is in any way justifiable, justifiable right. or acceptable, right? Yeah. Like the things that he did were bad. Yeah. And that is, but we can also see that he is a human that is worthy of compassion and empathy and, and that he has the capacity to do things differently yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I just wanted to like, yeah. I thought that was an interesting topic because yeah. that's just the truth. There, there's no perfect person out there. There's no perfect, there's no person in the world who has gotten everything right in their relationships from the get go. Absolutely not. Right. And I have learned. We how are to, proof of that. Yeah. I've learned how to love people by loving people. Uh-huh. Um, and I've learned how to love people by making mistakes, yep. by m- making lots and lots of mistakes. For sure. Um, that all being said, I think I wanted to say that, too, because it's you don't have to have a capital A abusive relationship to say that relationship was unhealthy and I want it to be better in the future. I want to do like you said, I want to do things differently. Um, L, number one, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. Absolutely. I really it pains my heart every time I read everyone's letters about these relationships that must feel like they stole years from your life. Mm -hmm. Right. They didn't. We know they didn't. But I know that feeling so intimately where you're like, how the fuck did I let it get to this point? Yep. Um, I relate to that so much. Um, and it really 
speaks to me. So I first want to say I'm sorry that this happened to you. And I also want to say I'm so proud of you for the work that you've done. And I'm so proud of you for seeing a counselor, for reaching out to your friends and community. I love oh that you God, talked yes. about your friends. Yep. Um, I think that the whole one of the biggest reasons why Sam and I wanted to start this podcast is because we are Gemini's and we love talking. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But that I think I think airing things, transparency, vulnerability, it, it that. It has a capacity to really save people For when sure. they feel like they're not alone. So you telling your story to your friends yep. and giving them a venue to tell you that I, too, have been in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's such an empowering, wonderful thing. And I'm very sure. proud of you. Well, and I think about like you and I having really vulnerable, honest conversations about the relationships that we were in, like equipped me to to do things differently because I was Absolutely. like, I released the shame of like, here's how I... I behaved in this relationship and you were like, yep, not great. I see you though. Like you're still a great person. Honestly, that is the foundation (laughs) of our friendship. Y'all that's, he's not even joking. Like that was the glue that like kept us together for six years. Is like telling each other the worst things that we did, (laughs) but also being able to say each other like, yeah, that sounds like a really human thing to do. Absolutely. And I know that you feel bad about it. Yeah. And like, I'm here to help you figure out how to yeah, do and things similar, differently. Similarly to the conversation, to the preface to this, I see how you got to the point to make that choice. Yep. Right. Um, okay. So, L, uh, I would be remiss to give you a bunch of advice without being accountable to the fact that, like I said before, I was in what I would qualify two abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And the second one happened later in my life. And honestly, I cannot fucking believe I got into another relationship like that. I cannot believe that, like Sam said, you can have all the tools in your tool belt. You can (laughs) Uh think you're like totally enlightened and know what the fuck you're doing. And still you can fall for those really charismatic, really fucking hurtful, hurting people. Yep. Um, So I just, I, I feel like I would regret not saying, um, that it's not it's 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 similar to um, recovery. People say if people are recovering from self harm or substances, um, uh, or like a mental health recovery, the language we like to use is that you're not um, you're not going to reach recovery and everything's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Recovery is like a lifestyle that you show up to every day. Right. It's a it's a daily practice. It's continual choices to make healthier decisions for your life. Mm -hmm. It's not that all of a sudden you are out of this abusive relationship. And now with what you know now, you'll never do that again. Right. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. Now that we did like a 45 minute preface (laughs) and a, a like caveat that like we can't actually give the top five things to nope. stop you from getting into abusive relationships. Do you want to volley like five things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can. Yeah. You don't want to. No, I just like my thing is like. My biggest thing is just like n- knowing yourself well enough to know what you deserve and what you are worthy of. Right. Yeah. Honestly, that would be like my first four things. <laughs> right. And which is not to say that people who are in abusive relationships are being abused because they are don't know themselves. They don't know themselves, right? right? Like you can, like Sierra said, you can know yourself and feel like you have every tool in the toolbox, and still suddenly be like, "How the fuck did I get here? I oh don't God, understand." So real. But I also think, like, knowing yourself, knowing your value, knowing your worth, it helps equip you to know that when behaviors are coming 
out that they're not your fault, that you don't deserve them, that they're unacceptable. Yeah. Right. And 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 knowing that it's okay to say no. Yeah. Because I can know myself really deeply, but I can also not get I I can walk through life without giving myself the permission to create conflict. That's what it was for me. Mm Is that like I didn't I didn't respect myself enough or give my give my inner child permission to say, no, this hurts me. I won't allow you to hurt me like this. For sure. Um, yeah. And how do you do that? I mean, therapy. Yeah, therapy. Yeah. Talking with your awesome friends about mm-hmm. about relationships and and bigging each other up and and having really uh, great conversations with folks about like how to, you know, be Lizzo, basically. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but and- even Lizzo talks about how she struggles with stuff like this, too. So it's not like there's no like magic formula to make this happen. Right. Yeah, it's and- about every day showing up and being like, I'm worthy of love. I don't deserve things. I don't deserve people treating me poorly. I am worth more than that. Right. Also, Elle, the the like embarrassing truth that I have to say that connects to Sam's statement about like just knowing yourself is I thought you know, at 28 or however old I was, I thought I could not be in an abusive relationship. Like Mm -hmm. I I thought I had knew myself deeply enough and had the right tools to not, I thought I had been through the right life experience to teach me to quote unquote, know better. Yeah. Right. For sure. Which I know is problematic language, but that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, six months later, I'm knee deep in anxiety and fear and paranoia and um, control and, and I can see now, years out of that relationship, I can see now that I, there is, I'm not sure if I could have learned that lesson mm-hmm. without that relationship. And isn't that fucked? Yeah, it's really fucked. Is I mean, is, I've thought about that. Like, if I have children one day, like, how do you teach them things that they will just inherit, that they will learn through experience? Yeah. Well, what I would say is that, like, that second abusive relationship for you was like, how the fuck did I get here? Right. But also you were so much more equipped to be able to say, oh, this is where I'm, this is where I am. Yeah, you're right. Like, instead of being like, maybe I deserve this, may- you like, it may have taken longer in that relationship than you would have liked for it to have. Right. But you, between the first relationship and that relationship. Oh, I knew what it you was. You woke too. up and were oh, like, yeah. oh, no, fuck, I don't, I don't deserve this. Yeah. Like. Even though you found yourself in that space, you were so much more equipped to be able to identify it and extract yourself from it, yeah. right? So you know what I would actually say, Al? Like hearing Sam describe that situation like that, you know what I really needed other than more like self-respect? <laughs> um, you know what I really needed was um, like communication skills. Mm. I ne- I needed I needed the ability to say, please uh, don't. You can't treat me like that. Mm -hmm. But I felt so frozen um, and really fearful and incapable of creating that conflict with this abusive person because of fear and intimidation or my own and self-preservation and because of my own DNA, because I'm a people pleaser. Right. So it's like, I would say there's no way to prevent this other than, other than the fact of working on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing your worth, loving yourself, being kind to yourself, but also being kind to yourself in the way that Sam and I talk, which is developing your skills and your tools. Like how are you, are you approaching conflict on a regular basis without Mm -hmm. fear or shame? Yep. 
um, are you routinely assessing whether something is beneficial for your partner, for you, or for both? Yep. Right? Um, How often are you swallowing yourself or your desires? Yep. And so I guess my number one takeaway would be are how it's like you can't prevent um a, an abusive relationship I, I don't know how to phrase this you can't prevent a, an abusive relationship but you can you can extract yourself from it earlier and earlier <laughs> yeah you can see the warning signs and <laughs> right. have the tools to be able to say nope yep this relationship is not for me yep um and i and i and i just want to stress too that the that I could walk through life being like, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm cool. But that was because, and, and get into an abusive relationship, but that was because I wasn't actively assessing the parts of me that foster an abusive relationship. I don't, I'm not saying it's my fault. Yep. I'm not saying that like I deserve that. I'm saying that there were parts of me that allowed it to go on because I was incapable of stopping it. Yes. Not my fault, not my fault, not my fault, not Elle's fault, not anybody's fault. Nope. But... I didn't, I'm still to this day, years later, working on my conflict skills, mm-hmm. working on standing up for myself. And that's what I can do every day to make sure that the relationship I'm in now doesn't get toxic and any relationships I'm in in the future, romantic or otherwise, don't become toxic or abusive. For sure. So it's like a daily practice, I guess, just of yep. getting to know yourself better. Absolutely. And respecting yourself. And that, I mean, that will not only... I think it, it's like it's not you're going to not prevent yourself from being in an abusive relationship, but you are going to make the relationships that you are in work better for yes. you. Right. Like if you are in an abusive relationship, having the, you know, the the level of love that you have for yourself is going to help you to figure out how to get out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, even if you're in a relationship that's sort of like meh, like having enough self-love and and communication styles and ability to embrace conflict might actually make that relationship that's sort of meh right now turn into something that is actually great and wonderful right like (laughs) and so i think it's just like the things that we talk about this head and heart work this all of these tools that we always talk about Mm -hmm. are are not just about like i'm going to avoid an abusive relationship but about like making Mm -hmm. you better equipped to walk through the world and ask for what you need uh, prevent people from taking advantage of you and and really engaging with folks in an authentic and vulnerable way to help you create connections and to create relationships that work well for you. Yep, absolutely. Elle, we are rooting for you. Thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. We love you, Elle. All right, our last letter comes from David Wayne, who is writing from Scotland. Dear Sam and Sierra, I've recently discovered your podcast while looking for advice to help me with the problem of my relationship. I've absolutely been loving listening to it so far, even though so many of the letters make me emotional because I relate to them a lot Mm. to the point where I've had to stop myself from listening to more than one episode a day in order to maintain my emotional stability. (laughs) David, I'm I'm sorry that we put you in an emotionally precarious spot. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) But I am glad that you took the self-care that you needed to. Me and my girlfriend have been together for well over a year, and we're each other's first serious relationship. It's been a very loving and satisfying relationship for most of it, even though we, even though on paper, we don't seem to fit well together. For example, we have a big age gap. I'm 26 and she's 20. She's also very religious, whereas I'm not, and in general, our worldviews clash a lot. 
So you could say she's not the type of person I'd ever imagined dating, but now that we've been together for over a year, all of these things seem to have mattered less than I thought they would have. Mm. However, we have always had troubles adjusting our sex lives to suit both of us. I'm her first sexual partner, and while I've had some past experiences and a one-night stand, I wasn't very experienced by any measure. At the start of the relationship, she seemed eager to explore her sexuality and try new things, but after the first month or two, that died down heavily, and she's had a much lower sex drive than me. Where I wanted to have sex most days of the week, she would really be up for it only once or twice a month, and even then, I felt like she was mostly doing it to please me. She's never really enjoyed sex much, and while I try to communicate with her about what she likes and what she doesn't like, the best I've ever gotten back was that's pretty nice after I went down on her. She's never had an orgasm with me, and while she masturbates when alone, she's never done it around with me around, even though I've asked her on several occasions. For a long time, I kept quiet about these issues even among my friends, and I privately assumed that good sex life that people talk about in movies is just fiction. Recently, I opened up more and found out that most of my friends who are in relationships have much, much better sex lives than me, and that's made me reconsider my relationship significantly. I always want my relationship to be me and her versus the problem instead of me versus her. So I've talked about this with my girlfriend. She was very understanding and has been trying to have much more sex, thinking that if we try enough stuff, we'll find something that she likes. This has been going on for a number of weeks, and while we've been having more sex, she hasn't gotten more enjoyment out of it. Physically, the sex is nice for me, but mentally I struggle with it, as I can see that she's trying to force herself into doing it. So forcing ourselves to have sex is draining for both of us, and I feel like the experiment has pretty much failed at this point. Realizing Mm. that, I'm lost as to what to do. Looking deep into myself, I know that I want to experience a good sex life, and it seems very unlikely at this point that it's going to be with her. I've thought a lot about possible causes for her disinterest in sex to the point where it's making me extremely anxious going over all of the options every free moment of the day. I feel like she might have a sense of shame regarding sex. As with her upbringing, sex before marriage is looked down upon. I've also asked her to consider whether she's asexual, and she doesn't seem to know how to find that out. She said she's not very physically attracted to me, which on top of all of the other stuff is really screwing with my self-confidence. We've talked a couple of times about breaking up, both because of our issues around sex and because the future each of us envisions for ourselves don't combine well. However, I love her more than I've ever loved anyone else in my life, and she seems to feel the same about me. I feel very loved around her, and not, but not very desired. And while I, I feel like most of my friends have better sex lives than me, I wouldn't trade my relationship for any of theirs. This has put me in the difficult dilemma of staying with the girl I love or trying to fill my own sexual desires. I know there are options that could still be explored within this relationship, like couples therapy or an open relationship, but I fear that neither of these options will give us the relationship we want. The lack of experience both of us have is making it very difficult to determine where the issues lie or where to solve them. I feel generally happier around her than I did in my many years of being alone, but I still don't feel fully satisfied. I also know that I'm pretty scared I will not find anyone Hmm. I love as much as her if we do break up. I was 24 when I got into this relationship, and I'm scared that if I let go of what I have, it'll be many years before I find anyone else. Do you have any advice of what to do in a good relationship with incompatible sexuality? Thanks, David, for for writing. I'm, I'm sorry that you are in... Uh, this place where you are in the state of anxiety and and feeling of of a lack of self confidence because of the way that this difference in your has sexual yeah in your sexualities has played out yeah it's stressful and 
Um, I'm grateful you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a complicated situation, but I think that the underlining issue of incompatibility physically is a common one mm-hmm. that's hard to talk about because kind of connecting to our hygiene conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's so personal. It right? is. Yep. Desire is personal. Sexual drive is personal. Mm-hmm. Um, libido, everything, it's it's personal. And so when somebody either doesn't reciprocate in the same way or wants different things or is unable to meet you where you are. It's, it's all very personal. It's, it's, there's no distance in here. It's like, I I can't be like, I dislike your sweater. You're like, okay, it's just a sweater. Cool. I'll take it off. I don't like having sex with you. Is like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it is. And I, I, because I think that there's like so much shame tied up in sex too, that like the minute it's like, well, I'm not physically, I'm not sexually attracted to you. Then it becomes like, oh, there's immediately something wrong with me. Like right. the shame that our society teaches us around sex kicks in. Right. And it immediately becomes internalized. It's wrong internalized. for me to want it. It's yep. wrong for me to not want it. It's, it's wrong, wrong for, me. for me to ask my partner to have more right. sex because am I like forcing them to do something that they don't want to do or like, and right. it's just it's, like. It's very convoluted. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's so much, there's so much there and it's so hard to talk about because we never talk about it. Yeah. So I, there is something about your story that adds another layer to me and that is your age your ages mm-hmm. and it's not your age difference however i do think your age difference plays into it a little bit for me because this is just a particularly interesting time for an age difference for sure versus if you were 34 and 40 or whatever that'd be a little bit different and and that is only David, that is only because of life experience. Yep. And I am not ageist. I don't think that older people are better than younger people, but I do know the value of experience, just like we were talking about in Elle's letter, like how you learn from those experiences and mm-hmm. how I, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't been in that relationship. I just wouldn't have that lived experience. For sure. Um, and I say that because your partner's age is and the fact that you were her first sexual partner and the fact that everything in the world, every society teaches women to be ashamed of sex, right. plus the religious aspects, plus we are not given language to talk about sexuality or desires, especially as women. Yep. We're not allowed, you know, like we we aren't given cultural language to talk about women having desires. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember you know, in middle in high school, my girlfriends being like, "Oh my god, masturbation is gross," and and me being like, uh, well, "I love time in the bath," if you know what I mean, <laughs> and not saying anything to them, like hiding it because I felt ashamed. Yeah. And then years later, like reconnecting with these girls, like years after college, and I like told the one girl who I'm friends with now, I was like. You know, I remember you telling me that you thought masturbation would grow. She was like, oh, my God, I was just lying. I masturbated all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is all to say, I do think that her age and experience, you know, even her gender is up against her right now because um, the number one thing that sexuality requires is communication. Mm hmm. And the number one thing incompatibility in sexuality requires is communication and what I read from this letter is that your girlfriend might not have the tools or the voc- vocabularies to talk about what she wants yep. or or even the understanding of what she wants or what she wants. Right. right. Like I, I had terrible sex for years. Yeah, I mean, right. it was fine sex then. I was like, cool, this is the best sex I've ever had <laughs> You know, in the back of a minivan at a drive in, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> and- <laughs> I want to hear more about that story. You don't. Um, but. 
you know, later as I got to know my body through experience, again, through partners that I trusted and loved, then I got I I was able to have a more um, articulate conversation about my desires. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that that poses a very um, troublesome thing for you because yeah. we don't want to penalize people for not having experience, especially sexually. Right. Absolutely you know, not. like yeah. that's, that's not what I'm saying, but it, it is hard to ask somebody for what they want. If, if not only do they might not know what they want, but they might not feel capable of discussing it. For sure. And you, as the the anxious partner who wants to solve things because you love her, you are going to continue, you're going to ask and ask and ask and run yourself dry yep. asking her for something that she just may not have the tools to tell you. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. And I think, and I just want to and- give you kudos for approaching this situation in a way that favors healthy communication and like talking and like asking her what she likes and asking right. her like, did that feel good? Like right. all of the things that we talk about is being like, these are awkward things to say, to but you like, got to say them. But you got to say them because otherwise you're both going to be like, uh, 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 yeah, fumbling or you're around going, in the dark. or you're going to try to communication with your bo- communicate with your body only, right? And that gets into a little sticky, right? Because our bodies don't actually sometimes fit with our desires like they don't react to the the things that we actually like right um i also want to say really quickly i almost interrupted you yet again um (laughs) i i want to say that just because i'm assessing this about your girlfriend i i don't mean to speak down at her at all um no i i think that she i don't think that she's less than or incapable or or underdeveloped or anything. I'm just, I, I just, I had to say something about the a, the age because I know from my own experience, I could only speak about what I had experienced, mm-hmm. you know? And even then it's like, I couldn't say the word penis without giggling, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it has to be vocalized that because it is there. For sure. Um, yeah. So I think it's very obvious that if for this relationship to succeed or to grow, there has to be mutual effort. Mm-hmm. And your your letter is very astute, um, and it's and you you have make some very good observations. So I know you know that, but I want you to take stock of what her effort looks like. Perhaps she's trying in ways that you don't see. Like, are you having intimacy in other ways? Mm-hmm. But also, is she saying the things to you that maybe you don't want to hear, but she's saying them anyway? Like, I, I was kind of startled when you said that she said she told you that she wasn't attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that it, it, it sounds hurtful. Yep. Um, true. Maybe it's, maybe it's her truth. Right. Right. Um, so it's not, it's, she's not being hurtful by saying it, but also like, if she's capable of telling you that about her desire, that she doesn't find you attractive, mm-hmm. then what conversations are, is she um, neglecting or yeah. stepping up, you know, not showing up for um, that that might be more uncomfortable for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's she might be capable of saying I'm not attracted to you, but she might. She might be capable of saying that, but she might struggle with saying, well, I don't like when you put your dick in me, you know, <laughs> or or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to like. For sure. Emulate that conversation. No, and I, I 
I agree with you. Like, I think that there's an opportunity to look at that and say, like, what other ways if she's not able to do it in the way that you want her to, like in terms of like talking about it in this way, like, are there other ways that she's showing up? But I also want to say that we talk about this all the time, but like this might be her 100 Mm percent, right? Like this might be for whatever reason, this might be as as good as she can give. Right. And so, like, then the question for you becomes, is that enough to to fulfill you? Is right. that enough of what you need in order to stay in this relationship with her? Um, and I'm not going to tell you to break up and, I, and I'm not going to tell you to stay together, even though, like, <laughs> that's literally opinions. the name of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think, like, that's the question that you need to be able, you need to ask yourself. And I think you really do need to take a real assessment of the situation, not based on the potential, not based on what you are trying to like work with her towards not even based on your happiness right excuse me not even based on your love for her right yes because you love her yep right but like sometimes love isn't enough Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely not enough to for a long sustaining relationship absolutely a long sustainable relationship requires love um uh respect compatibility, similar schedules, yep. you know, like, right. it, like it really timing, does like location, mm-hmm. like all of the things that that can get in the way of it. Yeah. But like we've talked about this many times, but like love just because you love someone doesn't mean that you are supposed to be with them doesn't right. mean that you are capable of being right. with them. Right. Um, I have to say this. Um, Although I'm I, I'm afraid it might be in vain because, again, I'm I'm reading this letter. I'm assessing it as though um, the girlfriend is is sort of um, unwilling to show up for those conversations to mm-hmm. say, like, hey, I like it when you rub me here or, or I enjoy this or whatever. Yep. Um, but I there's something that you could say to her is that would you be interested? Like, I know you can I know you can get off on your own. It's really important to me that we share it's not even about getting off. It's about intimacy, mm-hmm. right? It's about intimacy. Um, and that you you can say, like, it sounds so silly to say these things scripted, but it's true. You say, um, honey, I'm really invested in your pleasure and I take pleasure in watching you feel pleasure. Do you think I can experience, um, is there a way that we can find this experience together? Mm-hmm. Because I want to feel close and intimate with you. Yep. Follow up question, which is what I was going to bring up is um, if you if I can't make you um, achieve an orgasm, would you be interested in bringing a sex toy into our bedroom? Yep. Vibrators are godsend. Right. And to anybody out there who maybe is a little anti vibrator or scared of vibrators, vibrators are not a commentary on your equipment or your (laughs) performance. Honestly, they're like a performance enhancement drug. If Seriously. Anything. <laughs> also, like take some effort out. Like it takes some like all of the pressure off of the, the person that is. Yeah. Trying and to, let's like, talk about um, <laughs> like orgasms for a second. It's not all not everyone orgasms or comes in a way uh, that is, let's say, mainstream. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that is a weird th- thing to say is that like, you know, some people can't. Uh, so many women can't come from penetrative sex, right? Mm-hmm. They need something else. And and so many uh, people can't come from oral sex, right? Or whatever. Um, and so you can say, hey, would you be interested in bringing a sex toy into the bedroom? Um, 
you could use it on yourself and I could just hang out or I can Mm -hmm. try it on you and see how that feels. Like, um, I just, I needed to say something about sex toys in here because when we're talking about like not coming or, or like wanting a closer intimacy with people, I think people are afraid of sex vibrators because they're like, ah, it's a robot in my bed, (laughs) but it's not. Uh Um, and if I, if I was going to make a recommendation, a really good, um, beginner vibrator that i've used my entire life is a bullet Mm -hmm. um it's not the blender (laughs) but it is magic you can use that too am i right (laughs) (laughs) we both made jokes at the same time and yours was funny it was better (laughs) um because you definitely can't use a blender sam (laughs) you just like plug it in and like like sit on it yeah (laughs) okay we're disgusting That might work for somebody. But it's magic. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, just get a bullet. You can find it on any fucking, you know, yeah, whatever. For sure. Um, they're they're unobtrusive. They come with cords sometimes. Yep. But just ignore them. Um, but that's a really great way for somebody, like, let her take it for the week. Let her get used to it. Let her use it on her own body and then see if you can bring it into your own sex life um, mm-hmm. consensually and joyfully. But... Um, David, a healthy sex life, a healthy sexual relationship requires interest from both parties. It requires willingness from both parties and it requires communication from both parties. For sure. And if she cannot give you those things. For whatever reason. For whatever reason, no shame to her, right? Like we're all on different places in life. But we're but also we're sometimes we're just not meant for each other. So if she cannot bring you those things, I want to tell you that you are 26 that you have so much love and life in front of you Absolutely. that the universe is abundant with love and relationships and it's actually it's not a bad thing <laughs> i know this is a really like easy thing to say in the moment when i'm like happy and in love in a relationship <laughs> but it's and not hurting you know mm-hmm. like somebody play this back to me when i'm divorced in like yeah. 20 years <laughs> um it's not a bad thing to end a relationship because you aren't meant for each other mm-hmm. that you're you are actually saving each other more time and heartbreak of being with the wrong person yep and that it especially at your age your your job right now is to get yourself get your get to know yourself mm-hmm. is to is to know yourself deeply and intimately and hopefully share that path with someone else and it, it to me david it doesn't seem like she can meet you there right and that's okay. That is okay. It is. Like <laughs> it is it is okay that that is happening. It's sad. Yeah, it is it, so sad. And it can it is heartbreaking and uh but it doesn't diminish the love that you have for her, the love that she has for you. None of it was wasted. That's right. It doesn't mean that you are uh are have given up time or wasted time and that you are no longer able to love other people, right? It just means that this wasn't the right moment right. for you two. Um but that Think of all of the things that you've learned from this relationship about how to be a good partner to somebody, how to talk about sex with a partner in an engaging a way, right? Like all of the things that you've learned that are going to equip you to to be ready for that next person who is going to be more equipped to be able to meet you where you're at. And what do we always say from like the first episode of this fucking podcast? There is someone out there who won't make you work so hard. Yeah, that's real. All right, David. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we we know love the situation you. sucks. Thanks for writing. We love you.
All right, that brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is where we shout out something that we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with Sex Explained. Oh, okay. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, it's a mini series on Netflix. It's like five or six episodes. Mm-hmm. I would call it a docu series, but I don't think it's a it's a documentary. But it's like little vignettes, maybe twenty to thirty minutes long, about different things in sexuality, starting with fantasies, hmm. like the statistics on how many people fantasize, what they fantasize about, like the number three f- fantasies or the top three fantasies that we all have are have to do with. Power and control, mm-hmm. um, threesomes or group sex, mm-hmm. and I forgot the other one. Ugh, it was salacious. <laughs> <laughs> bondage. Uh huh. Yeah. Or like being tied up in some way. Sure. Or maybe that was bondage. No, no, I already said that. I can't. I can't remember it. Anyway, but you know, you know like another weird fact that I learned from it. Well, I'm getting on a tangent, but uh, another weird fact that I learned from it is like... This episode is like three hours long. Yeah, good luck listening to it. Thanks for making it here. It's like the episode of the new Star Wars, (laughs) which is fine. It's great. Um, Fine or great. Those are two different things. No, it was great. Everybody is like, "Eh, it sucks. And I'm like, everything I needed a Star Wars movie to be. Anyway, Sex Explained... People's expectations are just always too high. Right. Sex Explained narrated... By Janelle Monet. Oh, I love her. I know. And she does a really great job. And so the, the first thing they talk about is like fantasies, how like the f- top um, three searches on Pornhub are MILF, oh God. mom, and stepmom. But that just proves that like our fantasies are not what we want to do in sexual in sex. Right. Yeah. That our fantasies are weird. And like they talk about like the science behind fantasies, like where mm. they come from. Um, but anyway, so that's just the first 30 minute episode there's more on um attraction how does attraction work mm. um uh birth control pregnancy um how 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 uh in, inception <laughs> fertilization happens uh-huh. inception inception <laughs> <laughs> um conception right but i, <laughs> I can't I'm trying to recover so we can end this episode. I know it's so long. That's so funny. Okay, but the one thing I really want to say is not only was it super charming, easy to watch, inform- so informative and fun, but it was very so inclusive oh. of so many um, more marginalized narrative, queer people, people of color, the history of how like, you know, of sterilization in our country on mm. mar- on communities of color. And it was just so... It included everything I needed it to include. It was it was so inclusive and informative. It's called Sex Explained. You can watch it on Netflix. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this very long episode of Just Break <laughs> It's Up. fine. They're fine. <laughs> you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can send all of your questions about all matters of the heart at Just Break Up Pod. Bod. Just Break Up Pod. <laughs> just Break Up Pod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise and information about our two upcoming live shows. Ooh. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for an additional bonus weekly episode. Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. 
Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, everything you desire in life is in front of you. It's in the future, in the choices that you make, the mindful decisions that you make in order to do things differently. Rejoice in this process of creating positive change in your life. The future is yours. All you have to do is claim it. And if all else fails, just break up. 